Hey, Pro fans, thanks for your support. Whether you're subscribing to the podcast through iTunes, visiting pulpmx.com, streaming the show via the Stitcher app on your smartphone, or buying from our show sponsor, btosports.com, without you, we could not do this. You can still type M-A-T-T-H-E-S upon checkout at btosports.com if your order is $100 or more for a discount. Lastly, for some insider info and maybe a laugh or two, Follow Mathis's Twitter updates at twitter.com slash pulpmx. episode of the Steve Mathis Show, there is a high chanceability. You will either learn something a lot of people don't know. You left thinking or make you say to yourself Dude, that's so funny. The bottom line is, this podcast serves as archival documentation of this interview. Welcome to the BTOsports.com podcast show, brought to you by RacerX, hosted by Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. As usual, with me on the line is none other than uh, motocross, supercross legend, the flying freckle, Jeff Ward. Wardy, what's up? Not too much. Just left the supercross track with all the boys, and uh, it's really windy out here today. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm up here in Vegas, and it's really cold. Really cold. Yeah, cold and uh, like 60 mile an hour wind. But yeah. It didn't get like, windy for a while, so we made it. Made it but, all right. Uh, other than that, it's all good. I feel lucky. Today is Jeff Ward. Tomorrow, I'm supposed to speak to Bob Hanna. Wow. I've, I've, yeah, I've, there you go. I've covered it's lucky it. We don't, lucky you don't have us both on the same podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'd like, no. to, I'd like yeah. to hear some of those stories for sure. Um, yeah. Did you ever have a run-in with a hurricane? Probably not, huh? Well, I think everybody had a run-in with a hurricane. <laughs> I mean, uh, he was, I mean, you know, he... he Spoke his mind. I mean, I was just all the truth. But, I mm-hmm. mean, he was a competitor that he didn't care who you were, you know, right. or if you were friends or a teammate or, you know, and uh, you got to respect the guy that wants to win that bad. And, yeah, you know, I was an up-and-coming kid, and, you know, kids are when mm-hmm. they don't care who who's on top or who's been on top. or Right. Um, you just go out there and win and do what you got to do. And, you know, sometimes that pisses, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. people off and he's the one that would let you know so uh right. but no i mean the guy was a awesome champion somebody i looked up to when i was you know coming in and right it was just unfortunate for riders like us we didn't have a lights class to go into we had to go up against the, the yeah. top dogs you know top dogs in the sport and that was pretty intimidating to learn how to ride supercross the first time with guys that are already you know world champion top guys yeah, yeah, no, exactly. For all of you guys, it was like, hey, sink or swim, kid. Here's the 250 class. <laughs> yeah, and, and I sank for quite a while. So it was, <laughs> all, I was about 4'11 and 95 pounds when I turned 16, so it was pretty tough to yeah. get to a supercross track being that small. But 
and luckily I grew a few years later, a little bit. Yeah, too. Also, too, like I think when you turned pro, your Cowies versus a Works Honda, probably not that good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, we had problems. You know, we were a little bit behind, and uh, you know, and at the time I was probably lucky because I was a little bit behind of learning what it took to win, and right. uh, you know, so we were both pretty patient. And then when it started clicking, you know, then uh, you know we were off and running, and Kawasaki had great bikes from about '84 on, and yeah. Um, everything was good. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, lucky me. I get to talk to 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 you guys. But hey, let's talk about this season a little bit. Um, I noticed an increased presence from you at the races. Uh, a little more hands on. A little more working with the guys under the Troy Lee tent. You know, Ping Ping is a friend of mine. He's always told me that you had an open door policy to go in. But sometimes maybe you were just I don't know busy or you didn't feel like it was your place. Uh, you have stepped up a bit this year, huh? Yeah, I mean, I was always, you know, busy in my racing, and then, you know, a bunch of, I said a lot on the table, and, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. around enough, you know, with the guys, and, you know, and, um, you know, Ping was there 24-7, and, right. you know, doing everything, so I didn't want to be the guy to show up and, and take take over or say this or say that, so I would just, you know, come to some test, tests, and, you know, if they were, they wanted to, if I saw something, I would tell them, and they wanted to ask something, I was there, and, mm-hmm. um you know, I went out and did starts with guys all the time. So it's just not the fact that, uh, you know, I just wasn't, I was just pretty busy, you know. And, right. just, and uh, I've been with Troy since, uh, you know, we started the team back in the Supermoto days. And mm-hmm. we've we've kind of grown it together. And, you know, Troy's always as much as your baby as is mine. And, you know, and now I just kind of, you know, I'm just a little bit away from the racing so much. I don't know if I'm going to do trucks this year. And, and um if it falls in place, it falls in place. Normally, I'm running around going crazy trying to put everything together and sponsorship and doing all this and that. And I'm just kind of nonchalantly, you know, if it falls in place, it happens. And if not, you know, I'm gonna, I'm working with Troy just a lot more and being there. I've been up the track every day pretty much this year with them. And right. So, and it's showing, you know. I mean, I've known Cole for a long time and, and uh, you know, Baker and Christian Craig, and they're all, you know, <laughs> rookies that learn it at supercross and what it takes mm-hmm. sometimes it's kind of amazing how fast and good they are um when you start talking to them you know a lot of them really don't know what they're doing so <laughs> it's um kind of so it's just uh you know just kind of slowly putting in kind of what I, you know i kind of used to do and right ramp maybe ramping it up a little bit here pretty soon and you know but the guys are doing good and i want to burn them out but um you know there's a lot more work to be done i think yeah, you know, and that's funny because Pink said the same thing. Like the the guys you do hire, even and some guys on the team now, and some other guys, he'd be like, "Okay, what are you doing about this?" And he'd be like, "I don't know. What are you doing for for cardio? Uh, I don't know." Um, right. And like, what are you doing at the track? Are you you know do you have a regimented day at the track? No, I just kind of ride laps. And and you know, Pink right. said, "Hey, that's what I did when I was a kid too." But you know, you learn as you go. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what we're there for. I mean, that's yeah. why I'm there. That's why you have guys that. You hire team managers that know that have been there and know what they're doing, and uh, yeah, it's just kind of that. There's just a lot of unknown for them, and you know, it's uh, it, you just you gotta. It's hard to when you're young, man. It's hard to look past you know today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> never less tomorrow <laughs> or never less five years from now. You know, when you right. get in my bed, I was the same way. And you know, when you're done, you look back and you you know, I want to tell these kids, hey, you gotta. There's a minimum window here to make your career. Yeah, you know, and and when you're done racing, you're still gonna need a job. You know, you're still going to have to find something. There's only a fine few guys that maybe, you know, made enough money to, mm-hmm. to you know, sit back and do what they want. But, um, 
you know, you got to make this happen now. Make it, you know, make everything yeah. you got. You got the opportunity on a great team. Um, you know, this can make your future here by putting your head down and winning some races and, and winning the championship to get to that 450 class and, mm-hmm. and make some good money. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, hopefully that's, you know, they're listening. So um, that's what we're trying to get. I know uh, Ping told me that, uh, you know, a big reason why Seeley was even on the team was because of you and he's friends with your son and you've known him for a long time. Um, right. Um, so how rewarding was that for him to watch uh, to watch him win for you? That was awesome. You know, yeah. I've never been in this position before. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I've had my kids race and Brandon's won, you know, local stuff and, mm-hmm. and I helped, you know, it's exciting and it was like Cole's, like, it was like one of my kids, you know, I mean, yeah. I've known many bikes, he stayed at our house, we've traveled together and, and um, he's just been a kid that hasn't, you know, probably had all the, the stuff fed to him during the amateur stuff that some of the other guys had, you know, and mm-hmm. and the program just wasn't um, as good as some. So he was kind of, you know, he was on the Suzuki stuff, but he was always kind of the, he wasn't the limelight guy, and it just seemed to, you know, he was kind of forgotten about a little bit. But the guy had you know, raw speed and mm-hmm. talent and just didn't have the brakes. And it's just, the you know, last year when uh, – you know, Christian Craig got hurt, and I'd always been talking to, you know, the guys about Cole, but I knew he wasn't ready, you know, yeah. so it was really hard for me to push, you know, Cole onto this team, right. and he wasn't quite there yet, and I just didn't want it to be a pressure situation and, and make it look, you know, make it worse, uh, right. you know, the situation than it is. So when Christian got hurt, it was like a perfect time for him to slide in and and uh, and be uh, with no pressure and, and just, performing he did you know he did exceptionally well his first year for not having you know yeah he was riding with the suzuki fun center i think the year before and mm-hmm. um you know and he's just a, he's a great rider and a great kid so it's really it's really nice to see him get his first win and and ride as solid as he did it was pretty amazing that he got out the lead because usually you ride you know he rode great the week before from behind and right. that's easy to come but when you when you get out front you know when you get out front and uh the pressure's on you know you start thinking uh you know, about five laps to go, I can win this thing, and then it all seems to unravel. You know, and yeah, yeah. And he didn't have a big gap there; he kept the same gap, and I was pretty proud of how he just stuck his head down and rode the track like we talked about, and, mm-hmm. and um, made it look, you know, relatively easy. So it was, it was nice. Yeah, he's a real technical rider, isn't he? He's real precise. Not a lot of yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very technical and, and very picky, and uh, sometimes that's a hinder. You know, when you're mm-hmm. out there and you don't feel right, right. Um, it throws him off a lot because he's such a precise rider. And, and, um, you know, we're working through that to where some days when you go out and practice at the Supercross, the first one, and you, you make some mistakes or you're not comfortable with the section, it tended tendency last year was to really bother him and ruin his whole night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he needs, you know, he needed to get over that, you know, this one section is bothering him. I'm going to worry about the rest. And, you know, I told everybody out there on the track has a, has a spot on there that they don't like, you right. know, it's just the way racing is. And, and um, just to forget about that and focus, and you know he's been doing that. So that it's even in his practices. You know, there's days you show up, and we all show up a little lethargic, and mm-hmm. you know a little bit. But he's, you know, we're working through to where we get him doing, you know, really intense, intense uh, rides every time he goes out, and it seems to be working. So, yeah, I got a feeling that yourself, you were never really bothered by that kind of stuff too much. I mean. You know your ankle, and and you've ridden with broken ankles and and jacked up backs and or whatever. Um, never really probably bothered you too much. Maybe that's one of your strengths, huh? Um, yeah, I just you know I wasn't I was a 
type of guy that, I mean, I wanted to win so bad, I didn't let any other little things bother me. Yeah, maybe my bike wasn't handling great, or maybe mm-hmm. I didn't like this, or, you know, whatever, but I didn't let it bother me. I just, just you know, did my best and rode hard. And, and um, so, yeah, it was just, that was the way I am. It's, you know, when I go riding in the hills, if I got a flat, I'd still ride with my flat, you know? Right, right. I wouldn't let it bother me. I didn't have a wheel. I'm going <laughs> to ride a flat in case I got a flat at a race. I had to ride a race out, yeah. so... I was just that type of mentality, and it's it's uh, something you got to kind of work into these guys. Like, yeah, you're not gonna always have your best best laps or best you know days, but you just got to keep pushing through it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, how how is it as helping these guys? Maybe not Cole so much because you know you have such a good relationship with him, you go back with him. But helping a Baker or or Christian Craig, how, you know, I I sense that you're a guy that's a little self-conscious of, you know, I don't think you have a huge ego, Wardy. I don't think you're one of those guys that's like, hey, let me tell you how it is and how I beat RJ in 87. You know, so right. do you find yourself like, hey, how do I how do I push this on this guy but without sounding like, you know, I'm Jeff Ward? You know what I mean? Is it is it a weird yeah. balance? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm slowly working in. I mean, Baker now, I mean, just even the other day, I think we made a good breakthrough. And mm-hmm. um, he was working with David Bailey, came out a little bit with them, and then Christian's got Rhino. You know, at the at the race, so um, and uh, you know that Christian's hurt, but we started talking the more. And I actually, you know, I went to Troy when uh, Christian was. I told Troy about Christian because I knew, you know, Michael, and mm-hmm. he was all. He's always at the mini bike tracks teaching kids, and you know, he always, hey, can you, you know, they're talking to. You know, we might be talking to Troy, and right. you know, I went in and re- reassured that hey, this kid's this kid's fast and talented. He right. just needs to be, you know, restrained a little bit and worked on, and he's going to be, you know. Yeah. It's going to be fast. So I knew him, and, you know, but he did, you know, he has Rhino, and then Baker was kind of doing a thing. And just, you know, the other day, it's like, you know, he came up to, you know, I worked at the track and at, yeah. the, at the Supercross and point out stuff. They're all in the same room. But, um, you know, he came up to me and was like, you know, hey, if, if I'm doing anything wrong or, you know, you think I can do this, please let me know. Or, oh, that's you know, cool. See yeah. this or, you know, so he, he wants me to, you know, to work with him. I wasn't going to go in there and start putting stuff that David was already working with. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, you know, it just takes a little while to fit into anything, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm just kind of coming in, and now, you know, I know Tyler Kiefer well. We get along great, and all the mechanics, I've been with them since, you know, almost day one here at Troy. So yeah. it's just a matter of being around them more and having them be probably probably being more comfortable with me yeah. than it is for me going in there and, you know, saying, hey, yeah, the old, you know, bench yeah. racing stories that always get stretched out to where we start <laughs> running 30, 30 miles a day and 300, well, you know, 400 miles a week. They all get a little stretched out a little bit, but uh, yeah, you know we we did work hard. So well, there's a classic. There's a classic. There's some you know guys like Hannah, and and RJ, and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm forgetting some guys that you know uh, for whatever reason didn't work out as rider coaches. You know, and um, and I gotta think that you know you gotta tread tread lightly, but yet hey, you've got credentials. You know, you're not some guy off the street. So right, I'm right. always interested yeah, we're not, in. We're not stupid yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm always interested in the in the in the tack that somebody would take on that and how you do it. You know, but uh, so hey, where where's the top end for Sealy? What I mean, can he can he win nationals? Can he? I mean, do you see unlimited potential in this kid? Well, I mean, he's yeah, he's extremely talented. I mean, he flows well on the bike. Mm-hmm. He's fast and he's kind of effortless with uh, you know, with his riding, which makes it easier. And but um, you know we got to ramp it up. I don't think he's you know I think he's in good shape for Supercross. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he needs more strength you know to work in for outdoors. And you know I mean your main goal is you got to be able to do the 450 class at some point. Right. And 
you, that's what you got to work for. And to, to move up to that class, you've got to be a lot stronger and, and in a lot better shape. And it, we, you know, he's just starting out this year, coming off of last year with a little bit of a base, and now he's starting to ramp it up and, and getting a better base. But, you know, when nationals come around, you know, I think we got to do some, a little bit more uh, strength stuff and mm-hmm. some more endurance stuff. And, you know, that's when we'll see when, uh, you know, the work ethic really starts coming into it. And, yeah. Baker's a strong kid. I mean, he's a good trainer. He's a, he's a way, I think, way better outdoor rider just to the style. And that's what we've been working on on the indoors is not being so precise. Like you got a 30 minute moto going here, you know, right, to right. catch up. Yeah. You need to, you need to be hard on it and speed and not take five laps to get into the pace. And, and, uh, he's worked on it the last few days. So it's just different things like that. But yeah, Cole's, He's as talented as any rider out there. I mean, we're out the track with Tomac. He's racing, you know. Yep. Um, all those guys, they've got it. And um, it just needs to get the right program and confidence, and, and he'll be a good outdoor rider because he's, he's an awesome talent. Yeah, he did do pretty well at Paula last year, I believe. I think Paula was a, a strong race for him. Um, yeah. He just got caught off guard, I think. I mean, he hadn't really done nationals, so yeah. he jumped right in. And, and man, you know, after hang ten, you go to these hot races and you start getting <laughs> just tanked. And then you're like, "Oh my god, I got to go out next week again and do it again." And <laughs> yeah, you don't want to ride during the, you don't want to ride during the week because man, you're so beat that you know it's just a whole head game that just starts yeah. just putting you down. And then you know, but he started ramping a little bit, a little bit during the year, and you know, had a great finish. And he's excited about the outdoors, which is like you know, which yeah. is great. So it's half the battle. That's, yeah, it's half the battle. Um, and, yeah, I feel like Baker has taken – hasn't progressed from last year's uh, Baker when, when I uh, I worked with him uh, at Emoto Concepts a little bit as far as the goggle end of things. So I watched him closely. And, yeah, I feel like he's – I mean, I guess he was a little bit behind the eight ball coming into the season, huh? Well, yeah, he got hurt last year. Right. And then, um, you know, he came in and before this season started, he broke his hand and had surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so he only started riding two weeks before Anaheim, which – you know, kind of hurt as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that kind of snowballs and, and it takes a little while to get back going. But I think, uh, I think he's, you know, he's, he's getting more confidence and he's, yeah. you know, he's young, he's, he's young at this business here and it's overwhelming at sometimes. And, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, no, he's, and he, he rides great. Yeah. He practices, I think better than he's been racing. So oh, yeah. that happens, to, that happens to a lot of guys and, and, uh, you know, we're working on that. And I think, um, you know, I think we'll see something a lot, lot better out of these next few races for sure. Yeah, and he's a good kid. He's a really good kid, at least you know for my dealings with him. Yeah, seems like a he's got great family. Yeah. I've known him forever too. I mean, he raced mini bikes with us, so yeah, it's all we've been around the racetracks at amateurs with all these kids, and yeah, and um, so yeah, it's good to see. You know, we got it, the team's great. They all get along. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a part of it, you know. And I don't want to be a guy that comes in there and and be like the crack the whip and be the bad, you know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the slave driver. But, I, you know, I think they understand that, you know, I've, I've been there and done it. And, you know, if this is what we got to do, this is kind of what we got to do. Right. Um, so I'll just, you know, once they're, they're, they got a good program going for Supercross. And, uh, but we got a break coming up that we need to really start ramping up some training and where days you're not going to feel too good, you know, that you don't have to worry about racing on the next weekend because we're not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um and also too, uh, Christian Craig Bomber, he got hurt again. I've been mm-hmm. writing, I've been writing in my columns that, to me, he looks like one of the upper echelon talent-wise in the class. Like he can really right. ride a bike, or he looks good on yeah. a bike, anyways. Um, yes. Which I guess you, the smash cut to his dad, and you're like, yeah, mm-hmm. his dad was the same way, right? I mean, his dad could ride. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, he got hurt again, and that's a, and that's a real bummer because. 
you know, he's had some serious injuries here. What, is he going to make it back, do you think, by the end? Yeah, it wasn't near as bad as uh, oh. anticipated. I think it's only six weeks. Okay. He's All already right. been down two. So, I mean, if I know Christian Craig, um, he'll be on the bike before that. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to, have to hold him off so he doesn't re-injure. Because every time – I've been around on mini bikes as well, and the kid's broken his femur, and he's out, you know, two weeks later practicing. Right. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know if that was his, his wanting to or being pushed to get out there, but he doesn't – he has a high pain tolerance, and the kid can ride hurt seen him do it so right. I, I expect him to be back and um i know once he gets right back on a bike it's like he never left it he's mm-hmm. just got that style and that fluid speed that just doesn't you don't it doesn't go away so yeah. um it's just yeah it's been such a bummer because last year man what i mean he was just so on it when we were testing and mm-hmm. everybody was just like man this kid flies right, right and then you know then it's back and then you know to come back and then have this knee but just luckily it wasn't as bad yeah. As it could have been, you know, where it's gonna it would haunt him for a while, but he should be a hundred percent healthy, I think. Within, well, you know, is he uh, is he another guy like Cole that can ride but needs work on the other parts of being a professional? Yeah, I think yeah. All, all of them do. Yeah, you know, I mean, do. there's only a few guys that I mean have a, that have the killer killer program. I think Tomac's yeah. one of them. He's had it since right. day one, and I know Johnny and Kathy have been at their house, and, and they do it right. You know, they yep. didn't over push them. The kid loved being around him. He still does. Um, some other kids just get, you know, and just don't have the right program and fly by, you know, seat of their pants. And and when things happen, they can't regroup. And, and you know, Christian seemed to be that kind, you know, coming up. But, uh, yeah, mentally, you, you have to get the right game plan yeah. and the right everything put together. And, and a lot of the kids are, you know, missing it. And that's what hopefully I can bring to it to get a – yeah. A more stable environment and what we need to do and focus and not worry about all the other stuff that goes on. That's that's one of the reasons why I like Rattray for the outdoor title this year. I mean, he's just a man a man among boys a little bit, you know, a world champion. Yeah. And, and uh, he's 26 or 27. And, I mean, you don't got to tell that guy how to work, you know what I mean? So going into Hangtown, he's got an advantage on all these kids that are just like, huh, what, huh, you know? So. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's extremely strong at the end of motos. Yeah. Um, that's what pays off at a lot of the races. Uh, but, you know, speed-wise, compared to some of the other guys, I think, you know, they have a little upper hand mm-hmm. on them. But, yeah. you know, Nationals, that, that, that's not always what, what wins you races. You know, if if Eli was in, you know, if, if it was in his shape uh, last this year, those races, he would have won by 30 seconds or more every time. Yep. It was like yeah, ridiculous amount of speed. But um, that comes with this youth and learning and, and experience. And um, I'm sure he'll be faster this year. And, yep. and our guys here – in better shape so yeah but he's a like you said yeah man a man of among boys uh-huh. kind of like and uh it's over the long haul you know and he's i would think he'd be one of the top guys i think this year to to look right. for that championship hey everybody this is steve mathis thank you for listening to this podcast thank you for reading everything i do as well as listening to the other shows i know it's a lot of crap one of the reasons i'm able to put out a lot of crap is because people are paying me and then one of the things that you guys need to do to help support my crap is by buying crap from these sponsors. So listen to the commercial. It's a lot of crap. See ya. Thanks for listening to the BTOsports.com podcast show. Please don't forget that BTO is the world leader in aftermarket motocross parts for the bike or body. You'll find deals like a Shoei VFXW helmet for $309.99, 45% off, or Smith Piston goggles for $32.99, 65% off. 
Your order can be shipped at anywhere in the USA for free. Or if you're not in the USA, we ship worldwide. Check it out at btosports.com. Racing since 1970, O'Neill is the original American MX company supplying fine apparel, protection, and accessories for over four decades. O'Neill is proud to support top racers worldwide, including the Moto Concepts Yamaha Racing Team in the U.S. Supercross and Outdoor National Series. In 2010, O'Neill worked with top racing professionals, including Grant Langston, Tim Ferry, and Ricky Dietrich, in developing its all-new 2011 line. O'Neill's hardware line is the toughest money can buy and has been critically acclaimed for durability, fit, form, and function by Motocross Action Magazine. Hardware pants and jerseys are designed to function while putting you ahead of the pack in fast-forward fashion. When it's time to gear up, check out O'Neill.com or an authorized O'Neill dealer near you. Where does uh, where does Christian's dad, Mike, rank on your scale of... Uh... Guys, you probably should have won more races, but just maybe couldn't put it together. Well, talent-wise, yeah, he was yeah. he was way up there, man. I mean, he did want a Supercross. Yep. Um, and very few guys have done that, you know. That, but um, he's yeah, he he was just crash prone, you know, and mm-hmm. that was just uh, trying to go faster than you know than your bike or body will let you, really. Um, but yeah, he ranks pretty high up there. You know, yeah. a, a guy that had that was that had that talent that didn't win more races. You know. Yeah, yeah. We um, just we just had a Wyndham and Phil Lawrence on our show on Monday nights, and they talked about uh, about Mike, and then they also talked about Swink too, and said another right. guy. You know. So. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of guys out there. You don't know what I mean. You just don't know why they didn't rack off more wins than uh, yeah. than they did. You know, just because their talent and raw speed and jumping. I mean, geez, Christian. I mean, Michael was like. The king of Supercross he even jumps stuff before we even think about it. Right, right. You know, and that that was part of his downfall was because some of the times he'd miss and get hurt. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. You know, and and there was probably no reason to even do it because either it was going to get changed or none of us were going to do it. So there was no reason to show how how bold you were to go out and do something like that and then hurt yourself. You know, and it yep. seemed to what happened a lot to you know Michael and now you know Christian getting to hurt a little bit too so come on wardy you're being modest because uh we're doing a story this week on your win at 87 anaheim opener uh, oh, yeah? for kawasaki's for kawasaki supercross history and right. uh and i dug up through the magazines and there was a jump in that practice that only three oh, of you, yeah. three of you guys did and you were one of them so don't be so modest there was yeah. R- <laughs> rju and i think diamond were the only yeah, guys diamond. yeah to jump yeah. this thing so yeah yeah i think it was huge and i i did it like the first four laps of the main event because I hole shot it mm-hmm. and then, well Ricky got hurt yeah knocked out and then I came back I hole shot it again and I did it like about four laps and built up a lead and then I'd never do it again because it was just <laughs> it was just too sketchy you know and yeah um yeah, was, yeah a few times but I think Diamond did it first that was the uh yeah the first guy that I, I'm pretty sure that did it and then we just kind of did it and it was like wow okay we did it yeah but I don't think oh. I did it in the heat race I just did it in the main event when I hole shot it so, so you were and Brock I think I think Brock did it too. Oh yeah, I've never seen him. That's yeah, true. Brock did it behind me because I saw him do it behind me in the in the videos on the first lap, and I think he stopped doing it. Yeah, well, so don't be so modest. You were one of those yeah. guys airing, airing things <laughs> out. Hey, let's uh, let's switch to the 450 class. Um, Villapoto showed up in awesome shape this year, and it seems like I know James ran away with Oakland, but it seems like this is going to be a two man show, huh? Well, I mean, I, I think I think Dungey's coming on strong. I was yep. very impressed with Reed. Um, 
he's been pounding up the laps too at the Honda track. He's out there again today. And, yep. Um, you know, that track was, it was tricky because uh, you had to be on your toes and Reed's, you know, a really technical rider. And I think mm-hmm. that helped out a lot. And, uh, so, um, you know, I think, yeah, I don't think it's a two man race. I still think there's, you know, four guys and, yep. you know, I mean, for wins, definitely five with Trey and even, you know, you put Wyndham in there a little bit, you know, um, but for a championship, it's, yeah, it's, uh, Right now, I mean, you, you, yeah, you got to look at Villapoto and, and Stewart, and they're just mm-hmm. kind of like going for mistake for mistake right now. <laughs> yeah, they really are, aren't they? You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, 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 you know, I just think the tracks of uh, – well, I don't even think it's a track. I just think it's the speed they have to ride now. Yep. Um, both, you know, both of them. And, uh, you know, and I think I think, I think Villapoto has kind of, you know, ramped his speed up from last year, and, and now, you know, both riders are on the edge, and that, you know, that makes really, you know – yeah, mistakes. So, it, it, do you, is that what you kind of equate the front end washouts to? Which is what we've seen. The guys are are, uh, are coming in hot, or or they're getting they're leaving the corner before they're set in the corner. Um, no, I mean the forks are so stiff too. I mean yeah, it's yeah. just a fine line. They're getting stiffer. That's why they're going through the hoops faster. Stewart's always been real stiff, and yeah, I think in that respect, I think Villapoto's got a little advantage because he rides. He he rides with his back wheel a lot. He yes. yeah. back he he uses his back end into the corners and then and then uses it coming out where Stewart really uses the front end a lot. Um, which I was kind of surprised that that, that you know Villapoto went down last week with the front end because usually he's riding the back end. So yep. But it was you know the conditions were a lot different. So with that weather raining, but uh, yeah, yep. it's going to be you know it'll be interesting to see this weekend. But I mean, there's no doubt that both those guys are hauling ass. Do you, do you have a favorite? Do you have somebody that uh, that you're cheering for for one reason or another? Um, I like I mean, I like Villapoto. He's yeah. been a good friend. I've known him on mini bikes as well. Oh, you have? He's yeah. Over, he's stayed over at our house. He knows the kids, and Jeez. I rode with him a lot when I was riding the bikes and uh, when he was on 80s. And um, so yeah, I mean, I I just think he's a yeah. you know good kid. So he's kind of like my the one I'm pulling for. Yeah, yeah, he is a really good kid. He seems to have really found a balance between. Uh, Maybe being in shape and being in control, whereas last year maybe he wasn't in the best of shape, but he still had his right hand that he gas it with, you know. So yeah, well he'll, he'll always have that. Yeah, the guy yeah. just knows nothing but going fast, and, and you can see the outdoors is amazing. Yeah, um, and the indoors are both, but um, yeah, he's uh, you know it's all about the program. He's got mm-hmm. a great guy that's worked with the top riders, and when you have somebody like that, it just breeds confidence immediately you know mm-hmm. whether you're doing more less whatever the same um it's just that you got a guy in your corner that's that's built champions and and when he tells you what to do and you believe it and you believe in yourself and that's you know confidence is the name of the game and he's got a ton of confidence anybody uh in the 450 class uh surprise you or even the 250 class uh, anybody su- catch your eye and, and really uh impress you through the first four races um well roxon i Roxen, mean yeah. kid from bell i mean he's He's like a Barsha. He is, isn't I know, he? <laughs> in a lot of ways. You know, I think his, his brain's way ahead of where he's at in the track sometimes. Um, when he's coming from behind, he's a little over the ragged edge. But, I mean, he's, he's super fast and super fun to watch. And um, just as Barsha is. But, um, you know, in the 450 class, now I think it's all the, you know, I mean, I'm Trey Kennard. I think he, he yeah. just had some bad luck. But, man, the kid's fast. Yeah, and uh, love his style and love his attitude and hard worker. Um, you know, I I I feel, you know, he's going to get a win or or so this year mm-hmm. at some point. You know, um, 
So, um, but other than that, no, I think everybody's pretty much in the, you know, where they should be. I mean, a little, you know, Dungey, I'm, I thought he'd be just a little more. I, I talked to him on the way home last week. Mm-hmm. I've never really talked to him that often before, but he sat down, we were flying home, and, you know, and he just said he was just off and just a couple things with the forks. And you could tell the difference this weekend from the, it was like a different rider, you know. Yeah, I mean, he was he was better. He was on pace, yeah. And uh, I expect him to be up. You know, it won't take long to where he's back up there running with those guys. And mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be. It's everybody's in the points still. There's nobody out of this thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's only 20 points from fourth or whatever to, mm-hmm. to first, and we still have you know, what is it, 12, 13 races left at least. Yeah. So 14. Yeah, thir- thir- thirteen. So thirteen. Yeah. I mean, it's he's got a long time and reads going to be picking up it's hard to stay you know up top every mm-hmm. every weekend so it's, i think it's going to be a pretty good uh supercross season yeah you think Reed can win can he can he reach back and grab some magic if he rode like he did the other night yeah, yeah. i think so i mean i think he's riding himself into a little better shape mm-hmm. each time you know because he had a lot to do in the off season and then when yeah. you don't know what you're doing you can't train properly or be motivated to go do everything because you have so much other stuff to do right and to put that team together um, and get it all done and running, and you can see now where it's kind of, you know, the wheels are getting oiled. Now everything's flowing a little better, and and he's he's able to put down what he needs to do as a rider. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know a couple more races here, he's going to be right on par with confidence, and you know he's got speed. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, once he, I think he rides himself into probably a little better shape. I think he's got a chance to win a race this year. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. Getting back to Trey Kennard, you're talking about his attitude, and you love the way. Like to me, it seems like, and maybe. And maybe this is a little bit like the way you were versus RJ. Like, Trey Kennard, whole shots the LCQ and does a fist pump, and he does knack-knacks <laughs> every time he can, air wheelies off the finish line. I feel like the other guys, it's more of a chore for them, and Trey is really having fun, um, which I like to see. Do you feel like the sport has gotten maybe a little too serious or a little too mind games or, or something? Mm, I, I don't think so. I mean, you know? it's, it's a serious a serious sport yeah I mean, and it's a sport that's uh in my opinion is one of the hardest sports in the world to do i know mm-hmm. i know they've been ranked second to yeah. soccer but soccer you're not going to break your back when you make a you know mistake halfway through a moto because you start to get a little tired right you know you just start walking a little more you don't try as hard <laughs> nobody even notices you know and, and i would say only a few players on a soccer team are in the best shape the rest stand around half the time so uh it, it's a serious business, and I, just, you know, I think um, that's the way you got. It. I mean, I was probably not the best at the racetrack, you know, to the mm-hmm. fans or people. I mean, I was there to race, and after the race is over, yeah, you know, I'm great. But before that, it's like, you know, I'm short answered, and, and yep. just, well, you know, like, why are you talking to me right now? <laughs> type of thing. But uh, yeah, it, it's just a, you know, I mean, it's it's yeah. a very dangerous sport and serious, and I think. Uh, I like, yeah, I love Kennard's attitude. He has a great time. He does, yeah. You know, out there at the track, and he's funny, and that's just his personality. He's not trying to be somebody he isn't, right. you know, and it's, he's not trying to get attention. You know, he's not out there trying to, to, you know, grab the mic and it's me, me, me. He's just out there having fun, and he's grateful. Yeah, that's which is nice. he's very humble, which I like. You know, I love seeing guys that are humble that win and and yep. and uh, pre- appreciate the competition. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. even though Dungey hates Stewart or whatever, or I hated RJ. You know, I appreciated it. You know, I mean, I, his his talent and his effort, and you know that we hated each other. But he also motivated you to you know to go do yeah. what you do. So you have to respect the guy for putting the same effort in. Yeah, 
and being and being able to beat you when you know what you put in, you know, it's it's uh, it, you got to have that respect for the other guy. Did you and RJ have a hate level going on? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I think so. Really? I think okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> We'd walk right by each other, and not even say hi. You know? Wow. Okay, I didn't um, know it ever got to that. Obviously, huge rivals. I mean, you two were the yeah. You two were you know were the two guys that were going to win races for many years there. One of two. So I understand that, but I didn't know if it had gotten to the to personal hate levels. <laughs> yeah, we didn't ride dirty, which was great. You right. know, I mean, he's an aggressive guy anyway. It doesn't matter who you were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yeah, he, if my front wheel was, if I left the door open, you know, I, I expected him to come in and clean me out or, you know, push me off the track. That right. was just part of it, but I wasn't going looking at him, looking for him after the race to punch him or anything, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. or do yeah. anything. It was just, uh, that's how bad we wanted it. But yeah, but during the week, you know, and you know, he's a, he was, he was a talker and the showman and yeah. that fueled, that fueled my fire, you know, cause I wasn't about to go up and try to upscale him, you know? So, um, that wasn't my personality. So I just would work harder, you know, to try to beat him. That was the only way he could shut him up. Did you guys <laughs> go, <laughs> go beat him? Did you guys ever show up at the same practice tracks during the week? Oh yeah. There's a lot of story. Yeah. We, That'd be so funny. <laughs> well, we down at Carlsbad, it's called the Flower Track, and mm-hmm. nobody ever rides there, which is this track up and down this road jump down. It was just, we made it. It was, we were on 500s that day, I think, and uh, I was out there um, probably about two or three laps when he pulled in, and he was ready to go, and so I had about five laps on him, and he came out, and neither one of, we marked each other, and we were about the same spot every lap, jumping this road jump. I was going down, he was coming up, and yeah. neither one of us pulled. I rode the whole, till my, I ran out of gas. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to, it was my second moto and I ran out of gas. I had to push my bike back. Yeah. He wasn't going to come in until I'd loaded up and left. Yeah. Yeah. So I just stayed, I just stayed there in my truck. I think waited till he had to come in cause he was out of gas, whether so he'd get t- more tired or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. he'll tell you the story. It was, it was pretty comical. That is pretty funny. Yeah. These two guys out in the middle of a field somewhere. Yeah, just both of us <laughs> in the middle of a 500 national championship and yeah. Neither one of us was going to come in until it was so hot and just, <laughs> you know, I was not going to come in and I had to push my damn bike back, which sucks. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. That's the that's so. the stories that I love to hear. Those are, that's the good times. Um, yeah. hey, hey, what about the track so far? How do how do you think they've been? How do you feel about them? Uh, do you like them? What's uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, um, yeah, they've been pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, I think uh, I like some of the tracks that are a little more flowing. You know, a little not as much. Up and you know stuff that they're yeah. up in the air so high and a couple of triples they were building that were right out of the corners where you know you especially two fifties they couldn't even go inside if they wanted to you yeah. know and yeah um, it was just so hard that it kind of ruined the flow because coming out of the hoops and stuff they had to all go to the left they didn't want to block pass because they knew they couldn't do the triple the and triple right so it, you know the flow kind of got you know screwed up so mm-hmm. um, just a little more stuff to where when they they can go inside and and get a little more you know speed to set up somebody over the triple low and you know get them going to the next section it's just they need to open up for a little more passing i think yeah yeah a little wider maybe a little lot more dirt or something yeah. in them yeah yeah a couple of those corners are flat with no bolt you know and it's only going to make one line you know it, it, they need something where they put the little berms on the inside too so somebody can mm-hmm. roll the inside and roll the next section because everybody just seems to be going outside and doing the same thing yeah, or even like that sand this weekend in Oakland. I'm walking a track and I'm like, 
this is just so going to be one line. One line. To, yeah, like they shouldn't have put they shouldn't have put the sand there. That should have been a that should have been a ball corner or something, and then the sand should have been yeah. You know, maybe after the first turn or something, going into that next one or I don't know somewhere yeah. else that. Uh, no, I, I love would, the sand. I just, a, I just, yeah, yeah. You, it always turns into one one thing when you put it in the in the thing. Um, a sweep. Hey, are you still doing the AMA thing? What's going on with that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I, I still talk to David Atlas and had lunch with him a couple. He's coming out this weekend, actually, for Anaheim. Okay. So um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm actually going to go to um, I think almost maybe all the motocross races and then and then or half or so of the road racing too. So, okay, good. I, I, may, I, I think I'm going to some flat track and I might even do a hill climb or something. <laughs> for nice. How do you like that? Okay. How is that gig? Uh, I enjoy it. I mean, the road racing guys, I know them as friends because I've hung out with them and Supermoto and stuff. Right. It felt a little foreign to me because that you know, but. But then again, it's you know it's it's a, it's a race. Um, I mean, I've raced indie cars for ten years, so yep. um, you know I know things when you know if there's danger things. Or you know, I was just there for the riders if there was a situation they had a problem with, or the track, or there was a glare, and you know mm-hmm. whatever it was, they could come to me and I would take it to them, and you know we'd get it done. And and um, but the AMA is really, I mean, David Atlas has done a fabulous job, and he's very out right of everybody he walks the grid shakes their hands talks to them mm-hmm. you know and they really want you know the riders all last year had had fun you know and they all want to be there and it's just you know now we need to build the sport back up and yeah to where to where motocross you know i, I you know I feel, I feel more comfortable because that's that's my background but yeah. i mean the road racers respected me for you know who i am and what i've done in racing in general to be able to you know make some opinions or, or try to help out Right, is road racing coming back? I mean, it is. It just fell off there a few years, and and the DMG thing didn't help out. Yeah. with the rule changes. Yeah. I mean, is it coming back? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, every. I think uh, you know the OEMs. I, you know, I know Kawasaki. I think is doing something with uh, Eric Bostrom. Yep. Um, they're trying to get something going. I think they want. You know, I think Honda's trying to. You know, get back into the game hopefully, and 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 get it to where you know where they want it and. And I think it can start, but they still have a ton of talented riders out there with big names that just kind of got, you know, mm-hmm. it just got real hurt a few years ago with everybody with putting out negative vibes and negative statements and, right. you know, with Maladin and everybody just, you know, barking at everybody. It just, yeah, nobody, yeah. Who, who would, who would want to touch it? You know, I mean, <laughs> um, that, that was the problem. And now everybody's excited about it. And I think that once, you know, the biggest thing is trying to find a series sponsor and, and once, people start jumping on board, I think it'll start getting back to where, uh, you know, where it once was, where, I mm-hmm. mean, you got Nikki Hayden over there, you know, the world champion and guys from America, you know, Ben Spees are going over and we don't want to stop that, you know, and there's a ton of young kids coming up, um, in the road racing that are super talented. And yeah. They need a place. To, they need a place to go, you know, yep. and, and then to build wherever they, you know, their, their final goal is, if it's GP or super bike or, or whatever, bike or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much you heard last year, but, when uh, Villapoto and Tedesco got hurt at St. Louis over that jump that they mm-hmm. they did or did not ask to fix, and and then right. you know Langston and Reed and Stewart were on Twitter and riders unions right. and riders, I heard your right. name thrown around a little bit as far as hey we need a guy like Jeff Ward, um, you know to to represent us and to 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 handle things because it can't be an active rider. Uh, did it? Did that right, ever no. get anywhere? And what are your thoughts on that? And have you? Has that ever happened in the past? And and do we need that? Um, I mean, yeah, I, th- I mean, I, th- I mean, the people have been building these tracks forever, you know, and I mean, there's always something that looks good on paper that doesn't work on the track. And I remember when I was racing, we'd walk the tracks and then we'd first time we'd ride it, we'd have to go to somebody and say, Hey, we got to, 
you know, fix this is going to get mm-hmm. hurt, you know, and this and this. And usually, you know, stuff would get, you know, kind of taken care of. Right. Um, I don't think anybody really ever ignored us because um, it was pretty much, you know, everybody kind of doing it, um, at least the top guys. And But I think, you know, you don't want that happening all the time because that's just taking away their focus. So it would be good to have, uh, you know, a rider that has, mm-hmm. you know, been there and done that and, and um, you know, and be there for the riders to know they can come talk to them or, and and then he can go look at it, you know. He can go look at it and um, and get it changed, mm-hmm. you know. So it, um, that was yeah. That jump looked a little sketchy, and and if the, somebody was complaining about it or they were complaining about it, you know, they somebody probably should have cut that thing down or something, you know. Right. right. Yeah. Just when you're, when you're, you're, these guys are these guys are talented riders, and when they're complaining about something and that is sketchy. Yeah, it's gonna be it's sketchy. It's right. not like you. I don't care who you are. It would be like me saying, "No, it's not." You know, I went back in my day. You know, yeah, yeah. Somebody, whoever he's talking to, AMA has never been to that Cali. They don't know, right? You know, they just think it's some, uh, you know, whining cry overpaid crybabies or something. But yeah, uh, no, nah, it's it's when they say it's dangerous, it's dangerous, and they're not complaining to get a favor yeah. or a, or something that they you know because they can't do it or whatever. It's right. because it's going to hurt somebody and. It wouldn't be bad. I know it's been mentioned, and I talked to David Atlas about it, and um, you know some stuff, and uh, you know maybe one time that that'll happen. It's yeah. I think it, I think it'd be good for the sport. I think so too, and of course it always led to the inevitable more purse money, and and we need to stand up. But I think it's just more of having a, a guy, you know, like yourself who would be perfect for. Who, you've been on every end of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, really, there's yeah. anything you don't know. You know, you haven't been right. there. And you can even make a case of you being a bit of a team owner with the Troy thing. I mean, you know what goes on behind the scenes in a team ownership idea, you know. So, I mean, perfect idea. But I, I didn't know if anybody had ever actually, you know, said, hey, Wardy, let's talk about it. No, it really hasn't happened. It's just right now because uh, uh, AMA Pro Racing just, you know, owns the motocross and, the, yeah. you know, the road racing and flat track and all that. They don't own the supercross. So, um, but, you know, I mean, there's AMA on that side that, could easily do it or field or whoever wanted to to do something like that it could be easily done and mm-hmm. you know although they haven't had any problems this year um it's always good to have somebody i think on especially with these tracks that has raced it and done it but mm-hmm. like i said the guys have been building these tracks for how many years they know better than i do how to ramp a jump yeah yeah you know, with a tra- with a tractor but yeah it all looks good like i said until the riders get and then all of a sudden does something doesn't click the way it should be and then there should be somebody they can go to and and then the mm-hmm. next practice, you know, it can get fixed, and then it's over with, done. Yep. You know, instead of struggle with it all night, and then one guy complains, it goes nowhere, and another guy complains, maybe it goes no, you know, to somebody yeah. else, it goes nowhere, and next thing you know, somebody gets hurt, and it's like I told you so, you know, and then somebody's <laughs> like, well, I didn't hear about it, or yeah, I didn't yeah. hear about it. Which is so, yeah, which is how it went down in St. Louis. Everybody said exactly, that everybody yeah. didn't, you know, they don't really know who to yeah. talk to, and when they yeah. did, they didn't get anywhere. And th- and this guy said to go talk to that guy, and you know how it goes. Right, right. So oh. that can that would that would always help. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be a big a big deal, and I don't think there'd be any big issues about everything. And he's not there to you know strike up a union and, and boycott races. It's just to yeah. let's get back if it's dangerous, and they say it is. Let's just fix it, and the spectators don't know a difference. It yeah. don't matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I know. We, nominate- we need our we need our riders. That, you know, at every race. Yeah, I you nominate know, you. The whole, What's that? I nominate you. Oh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, before we go, I was uh, uh, Dogger Lachine's a friend of mine. I was just talking to him the other day about something. Um, uh-huh. Can never get enough Lachine stories, as you know. <laughs> and uh, he was yeah. he was telling me that uh, Washugal 
500 national first round of the series. He thought it was 88 or 89. He said, uh-huh. Wardy, clean me out. And I know it was, 89. A, I know it was on purpose because he, he knew. <laughs> he said, he goes, he, he said, Wardy saw that I was, you know, I, for whatever reason, I had my shit together. And he didn't want me to get too much confidence early. And I mean, and he wasn't angry. He said that he, yeah. said, he was giving you props on how smart you were because yeah. you knew if you took Ronnie out early, that it would all be downhill from there. So uh, let's get to the bottom of this. He, let's get to the bottom uh, of this. It was 1989. It was the first moto at, uh, yeah, at Washougal. Right. He almost, it was going in the first turn. He had about a half a bike, maybe a bike length. And I came diving in, lost the front end, and uh, cleaned out like half the pack. RJ was in it. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody was in it. There was, if you, they got pictures of it. It's on, it's on the, you know, on yeah. Facebook, on the vintage stuff. It shows me getting up, RJ getting up, doggers on the ground. Oh, well, so. And uh, so I took out the whole pack. So it was. <laughs> Not yeah. just him, but that's funny. But the whole thing, okay, but the thing about it was is that I got up and won the moto. So yeah, yeah. yeah. We all had an even slate there. He was down with me, and actually okay. I think he got up before me. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, he, he, left still that... has op- he still had his opportunity. I didn't I didn't take him out or break his bike. He, he left that part of it out. But, did okay, did you <laughs> – he said it happened a few times. So did you ever, like, oh. put him on the ground intentionally because you knew he might he – could he could win that day? No, I never, okay. I never took Dogger out. Never. All right. Never took Dogger out. He's living, he's living with this in his life. He's living with this in yeah, his life. Yeah, I don't. And then yeah, he's, I don't know. But like I said, he wasn't angry about it. He said it was smart move on Wardy's part. He knew. He knew. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, I, he was. I mean, if there was a guy out there that could beat me on the 500, it would have been Lachine. But yeah. for a, for a given day, definitely. But yeah, for yeah. the Overall championship <laughs> at that time in his career, I wasn't. You know, I was worried about Stanton and Bale. And, yeah. Um, you know, but um, there's zero. Ch- would still, yeah. still win some races during the year. There's zero chance of Dogger holding it together for 12 motos, right? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but he's uh, he's done it. He did it before. But at that, like I said, in that time right. of his career, it was uh, it was uh, a hit or miss on the weekends, you know. And um, the funny thing, I know that I remember that race well. We I, we drove to the airport together afterwards. So yeah, it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. He was a little pissed off. I cleaned them out, but it was it was like right in the first turn when you get on the brakes, and I lost my front end. It wasn't like I the um, I I met him up in the berm and drove into him. I just went down, and then my bike, you know, slid into his yeah, side yeah. of his bike, and then we all went down. So yeah, if, certainly- I, if I was planning to take him out like that and go down and get up and still win the moto, I was a lot better than I was. Yeah, really, right? Then. Yeah, yeah. What a what a master <laughs> plan that was, Wardy. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna take him down in the first turn with me. Get up and still win the motos, and that and he gets fourth or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, we 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 got that out of the way. Hey, That's uh, funny. um, yeah, he, he he's always good at stories, and hey, it's good to see him back on a bike, man. He's been motoring like crazy. Oh, like, it's great. I love Dogger. I mean, the whole time when he was on the team, he was yeah, we were great friends, and yeah, I mean, he put on so much weight and just just you know, and just things were. And I mean, now just it's so nice to see him back to the old Dogger. Yeah, you yeah. know. Thinned out and riding and and you know and loving and it fun. too. Yeah, he's lo- yeah, he's yeah. loving it. Like uh, he, he seems like he's in a great mood too and everything. Um, yeah, we always he always loved riding. I mean, that was uh, he hated he hated training and practicing, but man, when he came to a racetrack, he loved it. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. why he was so, he was so good. You know, that's why I made him good. All his stickers are on ride and his gear was looking good, and that's uh, for him that was the ultimate. <laughs> Yeah, well, they um, never got dirty during the week, so they were always ready for the week. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, 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 a friend of yours, uh, Rick Ash, just celebrated 30 years at Cowie this week. So I know, I know. Um, give me some Rick Ash memories. 
Oh, I've known Rick forever, man. I mean, we used to stay at his house over mm-hmm. in Elsinore, and uh, he was working for Eddie Warren, and even go Brecker and go riding, and he's just a, a good guy and a hard worker. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's, he was always there for you when you needed him, always. Yeah, he, he's um, a, he's one of the good guys behind the scenes that nobody really interviews or, you know, gets on right. TV or anything, but, like, he's just like a Paul Oliver or whatever. Uh, just yeah, a real down in that shop, down yeah. in that shop in his little area, just grinding and fixing and yeah, you know, just doing everything to make that team you know work out. There was a few of those guys down there. Uh, Norman Bigelow was one of them who's working with uh, Chad Reed now. Yeah. those two guys in there since I started there. And, um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's always guys like that behind the scene that that uh, make it happen. Yeah, you know, without them. You know, it wouldn't work. The rider just shows up at the track. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. <laughs> we got the easy job. We just show up, you know. We just get to ride and great bikes, and yeah. everybody behind the scenes works their ass. You know, we train hard, but I, I you also enjoy doing that. So, right. uh, you know, and those guys enjoy it, but there's still a lot of hard work to, just to get that stuff to the track and, and race ready. So Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, cool, man. Hey, thank you for taking the time to do this uh Really appreciate no it. Always, uh, always like talking to guys like you and getting insight. And uh, it's cool to see you back at the races more often, for sure. So, yeah, it's fun. I'm enjoying it. You've seen a lot of people I haven't seen in a while, and mm-hmm. so yeah, it should be good. There'll be a lot more this year. So it's you still good. get uh, you still get pestered for autographs, but from the dads of the of the fans, pretty much. Yeah, the kids don't know me. They just look at me, and the dads like, "You should see this guy. He's a champion." And they look at me like, <laughs> "That guy's older than my dad." Yeah. And what is he talking yeah, about? Exactly. <laughs> No, right. but it, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, right on. Okay, well, thanks, Wardy. I appreciate it, and uh, we will see you this weekend at A2. All right, Steve. Thank you, man. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show brought to you by Racer X. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take the money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. I mean, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride and you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX on the iTunes Store to enjoy these and many more great podcasts. I won't let this die. You know I've got this bad opinion. I've been spinning other reasons.